I'm going to read from Luke 1, verse 26 to 45. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. It's Katie. You've got to love an announcement, haven't you, really? Um, uh, Announcements can be good or bad. Uh, When I used to travel up to London, used to get these announcements... Uh, which, would, which would come unexpectedly, uh, sometimes expected on a Monday morning or a Friday evening. They went something like this. You think, well, I haven't got no clue what's been said. Uh, but if it was a Monday morning or a Friday evening, it was something wrong with the trains. It was very coincidental how it was always a Monday morning when people had had a weekend. I'm not suggesting any train drivers or ticket inspectors had a heavy weekend, or even uh, on particularly summer's days on a Friday, they maybe were looking to get home. I wouldn't suggest that at all. Um, but it did used to be Monday mornings and Friday evenings. Airports are the other one. When you're waiting to go on holiday, you're waiting for the announcement, aren't you, for the aeroplane. I came home from holiday recently and I went up to the board and I could see all these flights and and I went back to my friend and said, our one's not on there. This is bad. He said, well, I've got the app and the app says it's on time. I said, well, I'm telling you, it's not on the board. He said, well, you're stupid. I said, I'm not stupid. Go up to the board and have a look yourself. And he went up to the board 
And he said, there it is. And there's this second board, which was gates 100 to 150, which is our one, uh, or the first one, which I was looking at. So I did feel a little bit stupid, but I think anyone could have made that mistake, so I don't think you could judge me. Um, But I was worried that the announcement hadn't happened. Uh, Or an announcement of a birth. I mean, you know, as soon as our kids were born, I wanted to get on the telephone and uh, tell everybody. I made about one or two calls before, you know, the third call. So I've already heard from your mum or Andrea's mum, because good news travels fast. And you can't miss this announcement that Katie just read to us. The announcement by the angel Gabriel to Mary that she's going to give birth to a son. And not only a son, she's going to give birth to God himself. I loved what Katie said then. As a, as a teacher, you can bear witness to that, right? With all the nativities and probably the parents coming in and isn't it lovely, little Johnny's there dressed as an angel or Joseph and whatever. Uh, and it's great, but they don't get the whole story. This, this, this birth is, born, is a birth of a son but he's God himself. That's what makes him unique. You know, I've been born, uh, you may have realised by now, I am not God. You've been born, you are not God. Jesus was and is God. That's the amazing Christmas message. And Christmas time, you've all survived because you're here. Black Friday, right? Black Friday. You ever get involved on Black Friday? Or Cyber Monday, right? You've got, you've got all these new terms that have been coming across to us from across the pond. Um, uh, this Saturday was frantic Saturday for some of us because we realised uh, in the busyness of preparing sermons we better get our act together. And it's still going on. Tomorrow for me is going to be crazy Monday, uh, the <laughs> Christmas Eve uh, and the service. We've got the team doing the service Christmas Day. You need to come. It's going to be very good. Uh, but uh, Monday, got a lot of things to do tomorrow. Amazon are going to have a really busy time. Right, It's very popular. You can see all the deliveries. Uh, there's going to be plenty of knocks on the door. Uh, the cards are coming, we've got cards going up. And imagine you're going about your business and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. Is it, is it more cards? Is it Amazon? And it's, no, it's this fellow and he's, a bit, he's lit up a little bit. And you think maybe he's got his Christmas outfit on because we're like a, a jumper at Christmas. But he says, no, my name's Gabriel. You know, who's, who here has had anyone knock on their door and say, hi, I'm Gabriel? I don't know anyone called Gabriel. You know, Peter Gabriel is the only musician I know, but uh, there you go. I've been sent by God. You're highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Amazing. I mean, probably I'd be, in, I'd just say, try the guy next door. He loves a brandy at Christmas. He'll believe you. You know, but what's going to happen, it's massive. It's huge. It's news that will turn the world on its axis. And it still does to this day. Years and years of waiting, 400 years between the Old and New Testament. Prophecies have been spoken and declared and written down. Anticipation has been growing, like the kids who anticipate Christmas. Um, you know, one more sleep to the men getting the presents, but only two more to Christmas Day. And they're so excited. So the anticipation has been growing. This is the news. The time is arriving. The whole Trinity is moving with awesome power. God sends an angel to tell the news of the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. He's going to fulfill over 300 prophecies, some even before his birth. He couldn't have manufactured them. They were spoken by different voices over a period of around 500 years. He fulfilled all of them, 29 in one day, the day he died. I can have the second slide, please, uh, Martin. And then there's this great movement of the Holy Spirit, instrumental in the virgin birth, something that we can't understand. When Mary meets Elizabeth, the baby leaps in her womb. 
We know that baby was. It was John the Baptist, and she's filled with the Spirit, as was Zechariah in Luke 1.67, as was John the Baptist from his birth, Luke 1.15. So the Holy Spirit is at work, beginning to fulfill the promise that he is for all and not just for some. There's this outpouring, anticipation of the birth. The Spirit is beginning to be outpoured. Of course, at this point, he's not poured out for all. But he will be beginning to fulfill the promise that he is for all and not just for some. The Greek word that we use, you've heard me use it here before, John 14, 16, is parakletos. It means one called alongside, a counsellor, a comforter. Jesus said the Father will give you another counsellor, another one like me. So far, only on certain people at certain times. So the passage that's been read to us is announcing uh, the, the, the new covenant which God has promised. It's beginning to happen. There's this uh, uh, amazing atmosphere of excitement. It's some of the prophecies that were said from Jeremiah 31, 33. I will put the law into their minds and write it on their hearts. Or Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And I look at the world and I think, I pray for revival and that God would remove from people their heart of stone and fill them with his Holy Spirit. And at Christmas we have this message of the, of the more than a baby. There's a baby born to die and a baby born to die and rise again because he defeats Satan's power. He had a grasp on us and yet in Jesus we're set free. This is the story of Christmas. This is what it's going to become. He was more than just a boy. This is what's going to happen. History is going to be written. New life in all its fullness is available to everybody. Your wrongdoings, your sin will be paid for. Your eternity will be secure. And it starts now with the passage that's been read. Gabriel announcing to Mary, she is highly favoured. She's been chosen. Can you imagine what she felt at that time? You can have your Black Friday, your Cyber Monday, or or Frantic tomorrow. Uh, But the Christmas season is all about the birth of Christ, the Messiah. And they say you'll give him the name Jesus. Jesus, because it means the Lord saves, because he will save people from their sins. I never uh, used to give a second thought. Christmas for me and Easter was just meant more time off work, a time to go drinking and celebrate and being with friends. And, you know, all that's fine, but you can miss the message of Christmas. When I first heard that, that I've done things wrong, I knew I'd done things wrong. I was a bad boy, and I knew that. You know, I'd gone down the wrong paths. And it got to a point when I heard about this for the first time, and I investigated the truth for myself, which is why we love to introduce people to God in this church. But I remember getting to a point where I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got so much wrong. I've gone so far down the wrong path. And I realised, using the old language, that I'm a great sinner. But the most important thing to recognise is we have a great saviour. He's paid for all my sins. He's paid for all of yours. They gave him the name Jesus because the Lord saves. What does he save us from? He saves us from the penalty of your wrongdoings and mine. He paid the price. He was more than a baby. He was God himself paying himself for me and for you. And I wonder, uh, are you you saved from that this morning? Are you saved from the penalty of sin? Because there is a penalty. Will you embrace This first Christmas angel, he's an evangelist telling Mary about Jesus. Later on in Luke 2, verse 8, the shepherds will be told by an angel, do not be afraid, I bring you good news 
A saviour has been born to you. He is Christ. And they go and see for themselves. They take God at his word and they go and see for themselves. The angel is the evangelist again. And some of us need to hear that message this morning. And go and see for yourself. Mary heard that message a few thousand years ago. And I just wonder how she felt. How would you feel? You'd be a bit doubtful. I'd be doubtful if some fellow called Gabriel turned up at my doorstep. I mean, it would really be a miracle if I was going to give birth uh, to a son, so I really wouldn't believe him, and I would send him next door. Uh, By the way, our next-door neighbours, we've only got one on our left because we're at the end. Uh, They don't drink brandy all the time. I don't want anyone to go home and say, Ian kept saying the next-door neighbours, send Gabriel to them because they drink too much. They don't, they're lovely. Um, But you'd be thinking, you know, be doubtful. Is it a wind-up? You know, some of my my, my mates might do that. But God, I think, would want to inspire us this morning that there's always a new time coming. Challenges are always there and always ahead. Change and the discomfort that goes with it uh, sometimes can make us a bit frightened, as I imagine Mary was there. I wonder if Mary may have had thoughts. You know, I like things as they are, Mary might have said. Things are going quite well with Joseph. You know, I've landed a good one. Why are you getting involved for? Can't somebody else do this? Uh, Next slide, please, Martin. We don't want to be like that as churches, do we? Churches over 2,000 years have evolved and changed, and the message has always remained the same, but the way we present it might change. But we could fall into the temptation and say, well, we're okay as we are, we're ticking along. Can't things stay the same? Can't you get another church to do that? But God loves people too much. He's always challenging us to do new things, and we've had that passage given to us time and time again from, again, the prophet Isaiah, do not dwell on the past, see, I'm doing a new thing. And we take God at his word, whatever that is. We don't always have the answers, we know he does. But Mary embraced it, and we need to always embrace what God is doing. Sometimes that's a new thing, and sometimes it will challenge us, um, and sometimes it's a new thing in the future and ahead. You might be fearful. But Mary was probably fearful. She must have been, because they said, don't be afraid. She must have looked like she was afraid. But she embraced, she embraced the message. She embraced it. There's a book, it's not a Christian book, but it's a very good book, a Susan Jeffers book. And uh, the book's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I like to try and live my life like that a bit. I get scared and I get a bit anxious about the future. I don't know, always know how things are going to turn out. I don't know uh, all the time which direction we're going with as a church. But what I do know is God is in control And we can have a fear, if you like, but I can embrace that and use it, and use it for good. Uh, I had uh, fear when we first had children. Anyone relate to that? There's three of us that were fearful, and the rest are liars. Um, You know, we had no clue what we were doing. You know, and it's amazing, actually, we've got to this stage. I mean, I remember taking my dad out for a pint, because I'm the second child, and uh, I bought me a pint, so I just want to say thank you. He said, what for? So I can't believe you had another one. It's, it's so much hard work. It's unbelievable. Um, so we can all have fear. And one of mine, I remember uh, uh, Andrew had an emergency cesarean with Kaylee, and so she was in hospital. They didn't kick you out so quick then. She was in there for five days, and, and I quite enjoyed that because I was just popping up. The nurses took uh, pictures. Andrew was a nurse, so they gave us this little room. And he said, oh, you don't want to be buying the breakfast, Mr. Smith, uh, over there. Go down to the staff canteen. Here's my badge. Have a full English. I thought, this father lark is brilliant. I had five, I had five full English breakfasts. And, then, and everything was rosy. And Andrew was feeding Kaylee. And I just went in, had a little cuddle. Oh, she's crying. 
you know, there you go, and you know, she needs you, I can't do that stuff. So you give it back, and I thought, this is really easy. And then the day came, and I had to go to the hospital, and I had to, you know, we've got experts, you know, it took, took us about four weeks of uh, preparation about how to put a car seat in a car. I'm not quite sure we ever did it right. But anyway, I put the car seat, I said, she's going to look so cute in the little seat, and I took it in, and said, we're ready to take Katie home. It, well, I don't know what all the fuss was about, this is easy. And we took her home, she didn't murmur. And I remember putting her on the, the living room floor. I said, don't move her out of there. She's nice and quiet. And this is good. This is easy. And um, I said to Andrea, and I remember saying, well, what do we do now? Got all the gear and everything, all the, you know, ready to go. And then about five minutes later, my world was shattered. <laughs> because for two years, I was tired. <laughs> Andrea was as well. And... <laughs> But she started crying, and that first day, wasn't it? It was about 12 hours. I remember calling up the health and saying, something wrong. She goes, why? I said, well, she's crying. She said, no, that is perfectly normal, Mr. Smith. Oh, is it? Where's the receipt? Anyway. <laughs> she'll be here Christmas Day. Feel free not to share any of that. We love her. <laughs> she buys us dinner now. We need to keep her sweet. So, we had fear as a parent. But here we are. God got us through, and now we've got two great kids. Ministry, leaving my job. Um, giving up security, thinking, what's going to happen? You know, I was afraid. But God is with us, and I embraced it. Uh, even coming to here, I'm not going to say I was scared of you, but it was a big move. Coming here, three congregations. Well, sounds good. That's going to be a lot of hard work. How, how's it going to work? What's it going to be like? I left the student minister, and I'm senior minister. How's that going to be? God is with us. And here we are, nearly three years later. Unbelievable. But God is with us. Isn't that the promise of Christmas? So we might have fears, and you might have fears coming here this morning. You might have fears about the future, about 2019, about changes, about anything. But God is with you. And you can embrace that fear because God is with you. And it will be okay in the end. Things might not work out the way you want, but he is with you. He is with you in those struggles and in the fears and the angst. When I go out and see old friends now, I'm the only Christian. When I go back to Sunny Raynham. And I see them, but I think, well, I'm going in. I'm a bit fearful, but God is with me. God is with me. That is amazing. The Lord is with me. That's what verse 28, that's the first and foremost thing. First sentence, the angel uh, says to Mary, and, and God would say to us this morning, the Lord is with you. How many times in my life do I hold on to that? Even to this day, I must, I must know that God is with me. Otherwise, frankly, I can't cope. Life sometimes is just too hard. But God is with me and he's with you as well. And the challenge for you, uh, you think you can't make it, you think you're going through struggles, you're not sure how it's going to work out, and there might be no happy ending, but God is with you. And that's his promise. God became like us. In the beginning was the word. The word is with God. He came down to be like us. He is with you. He cared for you so much. He came on this earth as a human being, even though he was God, more than a baby. He was the saviour of the world. Of course, there's a mission uh, that he has for us. Uh, So let's uh, quickly read, where is it? I have to start wearing my glasses because the arm is getting longer and longer. I'm going to have to one of those selfie sticks soon just to be able to read the Bible. Uh, Where are we? Uh, Mary's mission. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom 
will never end. And this was Mary's mission. This is quite a big mission for her, isn't it? Somehow, you can imagine the angst and the confusion, somehow she's going to be pregnant. You know, she hadn't been with Joseph, but somehow she's going to be pregnant. She's going to give birth, she's told, to this miraculous child. He's going to be great, and he'll be called Son of the Most High. And, and not only that, she doesn't even get to choose his name. You're to give, call him Jesus, because it means the Lord saves, because Jesus had his mission as well. And I suppose for me in my life and you in yours, we always need to know what God's mission is for us, even together as a church when we're aware of God's call in our lives, asking us to serve in some way, maybe pushing you out of your comfort zone. He's done that with me so many times, but God is with us when I'm doubtful, when I'm afraid. Ministry then, ministry now, sometimes not sure. God is with me and he's with you. But I bet Mary uh, was afraid. The angel knows this. The word said to Mary, reflect it, don't be afraid. She must have been afraid. And you don't have to be if the Lord is with you and if you're on God's mission the message this morning, do not be afraid. But she's got questions in verse 34. How can this be? Really, it's great that you're saying all this stuff, but really, how is this going to work? It's not possible, I would imagine she's saying. And of course, humanly speaking, it's not. Or maybe she said, I can't do it. Or why me? Why have I been chosen? And I suppose for some of us, it can be a bit like that. Why me? Why have, I, have, have you called me to serve in that way? Well, let me serve in that way. But why me? Well, have I got to forgive that person? Why me? Have I got to bless this, this, this fella? Why me? But there's always God's plan. There's always God's plan. And that's found in verse 35 to 37. It seems impossible what's going to happen. He even tells her about Elizabeth who was barren. Verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. And we have that great New Testament passage from Philippians, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And as we go into 2019, let's live with that verse. Nothing is impossible with God. We might have challenges, both corporately or or personally. We might have fears. We might have doubts. We may not understand what's going on. But God is God And he is with us. And nothing is impossible with God. So the Lord this morning is with you. He has a mission for all of us. He tells you not to be afraid. He's always going to be with you. You might have questions. You might not get the answers. You don't know how it's all going to work out. But God has the answers and the plans. And the only reaction that we can give when we know all of these, all of these, is when Mary answers, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as you have said. Isn't that the key to discipleship, to following radical believers? This is what God says, I'm just going to do it. In some ways, discipleship's easy. It's just whether we cooperate with it. We know what we ought to do and what we shouldn't be doing. But, but really, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me, as you have said. It's, it's simple, isn't it? When I was on the floor of the Stock Exchange, uh, I was talking to Harry uh, about this earlier. I bought, I bought um, some old uh, friends from the Stock Exchange last, last week to our cows. They loved it, by the way. Uh, really good. Um, but when I was on the floor of the market before the screens, I used to have a badge, quite similar to this, really. I had a little, when I started, there's a little blue one. There's a blue button. And, um, and every, I think I might have told you this before, but every, every pitch had a, a blue button, and you were the runner. You were the, you were the, you know, the lowest of the low. And every dealer had a blue button. And you used to have this little slip of paper, and it would have bid and offer, what you want to buy, what you want to sell. And you'd write on there, whatever it was. And, and because there was no screens, 
and there was no phone, no mobile phones then. Uh, this is before Gordon Gecko in Wall Street. This was this was you know 1984, and um, and so the dealer would say, right, go and offer whatever it is, and you know you'd have to take the slip, you'd have a little, and you'd go around to all the brokers, which are about 250, but you wouldn't do all of them. You'd, you'd miss a few, but you wouldn't tell your dealer, and you'd you'd, you'd throw them in they had boxes around the stock exchange, like three floors, and you'd have to run around. And, but there was one dealer there who's a bit of a legend for us, Brian Winterflood, and, and he, he ended up starting Winterflood Securities. And he was, on the, he was um, called Mr. USN, the unlisted securities market. And his, his pitch was over there. I was an engineer, as R to W's. And he was, he was on the USN's. He didn't have a blue button because he was a senior guy. And he used to go, blue, blue, blue. And, if, and, and that meant if you heard him, if he was a blue button, anywhere in our firm on the floor, you'd better go. If he caught your eye and you didn't go, he was in trouble. And so you go, blue, 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 and you'd go up there, you'd go, go and offer 50,000, Wee Wee Watson, to all the big boys. You go, yes, sir. You get your thing, you'd run around, and you'd be up and down and everything else. Then you get back to your pitch, and you remember the dealer say, where have you been? I did it for Mr. Winterflood, and they wouldn't argue either. You know, he's about 80 now, uh, but he was a bit of a legend for us, and he was running our firm. But he could have asked me to do anything, I would have done it. I would have done it without questioning, because he was held in high regard, and kind of all of us wanted to be a bit like him. Uh, when Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant, may it be to me, as you have said, it's that kind of dedication. If God has told me to do it, I want to do it. I need to do it. I've got to get on with it. And that's got to be the passion that burns within my heart. Otherwise, I start going down my own route, and that means I'm God, or I think I'm God. But I wasn't the one born to be the saviour. It's whatever he asks. And I wonder what God's asking of you this morning, whether it's forgiving somebody, uh, reconciliation, showing peace, showing love, just to trust him in dire circumstances, that's difficult, but that's what he asks us to do. And he asks us to seek his will, and the promise is he's with us, he's with us in our mission, he tells us not to be afraid, he has the plans. And the reaction to all of this, Jesus, the Lord saves, is that I'm called by God, as you have. You've been anointed in some way by him chosen, and the only way to respond is what Mary did, which I'm going to read now from verse uh, 46 down to uh, the end. Mary's reaction to all of this news that Katie read out to us. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and there and then returned home. Her response was to glorify God. And so I suppose our message for 2018 is we're going for 2019 is to go out and glorify the, for our Lord today and in the days to come. And then your spirit, he promises, will rejoice in God your Saviour. His mercy extends to you as you put him in his rightful place. He'll perform his mighty deeds through you if you'll let him, and he'll welcome you into heaven. And it all started with that birth, because he was more than a baby. And the good news is for sharing, the baby grew up, became a man, was crucified, rose again, and then as he speaks his last words to his disciples, as recorded by Matthew, 33 years later, he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Why has he put that right at the end? Because this good news of the birth and everything that it meant is worth sharing. And we started with the angels as an evangelist, telling Mary, telling the shepherds the good news, massive, huge news. They were so moved, they went and saw for themselves. We finish with the away in the manger baby, now an adult who proved he was more than a baby, he was God himself. And now he's given us, his church, the Great Commission, encouraging us to be the evangelists and witnesses in our own way. And how do we do that? How do we, how do we do that? We've got Alpha courses starting up in the new year. You can invite people. We have services every Sunday. Invite them along. Be a personal witness to them. Just, I, I saw, I've got to change the words. I saw something on Facebook recently, because it was a naughty word in there, and I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, but it said something like, sometimes the best evangelism is, I've got to try think so, is be a Christian, but don't be an idiot about it. You know, just be yourself, but be a Christian. Let Christ's light shine from you. Personal witness, prayer. Together we have to commit. Jesus was born in a borrowed manger. He didn't come with much. He was given some nice expensive uh, gifts, of course, but he didn't really come with much. He was born in a borrowed manger. He preached from a borrowed boat. He entered Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. He ate the Last Supper in a borrowed upper room, and he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And what he asked for us in that great commission is to borrow your life which actually doesn't belong to you, it belongs to him. And he has you for eternity. And he asks to borrow your life of the Christians to reach out to the rest of the world. Because if we don't speak, if we don't speak, as Katie said earlier, all the nativities and everything else, but the whole story wasn't there. Moved so much, she wrote a lovely song. You know, tells the story, it's great. But if we don't tell the world, then maybe it appears that Jesus is dumb and silent because the church isn't getting on with its job. The good news is for sharing. 2019, go into it to finish. The Lord is with you. Do not fear. You may have questions, but God is God, and he has the plans. And our response, and my response, and your response can only be, I am the Lord's servant. Just offer ourselves back to God. As we so come to us, abide in us, our Lord Emmanuel, God with you. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the wonderful Christmas story, which we know is more than a story. It's facts that happened where our minds really can't comprehend it. And we imagine that was the same for Mary and the shepherds and everything else that goes on into the cute nativity scene. There would have been a hard journey to that birth. And then there was a hard journey for Jesus. And for him, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we can remember this even now in this country. Over 2,000 years later, people talk about Christmas. And I pray you'd rise us up as an army of people in this world to share your good news. Where meek souls still will receive him, sorry, where weak souls will receive him still. When the dear Christ enters in, Lord, where you remove from the world that heart of stone and you fill it with your Holy Spirit, bringing all things to a climax. We thank you, Lord, for this message of Christmas. And as we celebrate it this year, May we recommit ourselves to working hard on your behalf, that you filled us with your spirit for a great work. As we approach 2019, Lord, I pray you'll fill us with so much boldness, no timidity, that there'll be no room for fear. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.